Uh, well, Uncle Jeff, thank you so much for being here. I appreciate it. Um, you have been a huge inspiration to me. As far as your accolades go, um, you have a ton of them. Number one is you've built a beautiful family. Number two is you've built a multi-million dollar business. Um, you've accomplished multiple triathlons, Ironmans, everything. What is the secret to your sauce, man? Um, the biggest thing, what is your biggest accomplishment so far in your life? Mm. Biggest accomplishment. Well, um, nephew Jacob, thank you for, for, yeah. for the kind words. Yeah. Um, I think to bring, you know, the accolades are, the, the accolades are, um, have been fun to gather over the years. I think you started off with a good one, but the family, mm-hmm. um, I think it starts with, um, not just family, but, uh, I think as all of us, um, on earth ask that that question that everybody comes to at some point in their life is where did I come from? Why am I here? What's my purpose? Where am I going? And I think uh, it has to start with um, um, accepting Jesus Christ as my Savior and knowing that there's something far beyond um, the accolades. Accolades are great, but I will say this recently, um, even when I look outside right now and you see that blue sky right there, do you realize that blue sky, if you just go beyond it, uh, 20, 30 miles, you're in outer space? Uh-huh. That the entire globe right now, that you're just on this very kind of fragile sphere and the weight, I mean, we're just, we're just orbiting around the sun. And the distance between here and outer space is this very tiny, tiny margin. Uh-huh. And it's, uh, lately it's been really uh, on my mind that the world is, uh, out of the entire universe, a very small piece to the entire handiwork of God. And our lives on earth are very short in retrospect. Um, and um, we only have a, a few years to make the best of it. So yeah. then I have to ask purpose. Yeah. And uh, so I think um, my purpose is to find out more about the guy who made me, the creator, who made the creation, and what he'd like me to do. Huh. And so um, I've, I've chosen to uh, tell others um, that... Uh, Creation doesn't come, art doesn't come without an artist. Creations don't come without a creator. And um, trying to live that, live that way too. Um, the accolades, the, uh, you know, the, the, when you say secret sauce, you know, in terms of the, um, uh, the business, the Ironmans, the world records, all those sorts of things, those came because somebody told me a long time ago that, A, you could do whatever you wanted. Mm-hmm. My mom. Mm-hmm. Um, your, your grandma mm-hmm. and no matter how difficult times got she would always say we're going to be good we're going to be fine God's got us and you can do whatever you want she never asked me to come home with with good grades she, mm-hmm. never, she, she did not want good grades she wanted my best effort and so um, I believed her Yeah. so when I, when I went to school I looked at the teacher and they wanted me to get A's and I said my mom said I just got to come home with a good effort. Um, but uh, I did need to put in a good effort. Uh-huh. So I believed that. So it didn't matter. So if I was in the PE class and the uh, PE teacher said, uh, <clears throat> we're running today, mm-hmm. I would say, well, how far are we running? And he'd say, well, we're running, you know, five laps around the end. And if you go 10, you get an award. And I said, well, what if I go further? And so, uh, well, you know, we, I ended up running 500 laps around the, around the, the, the school. This is in, in, in grade school. Yeah. Um, you want me to keep going or you want to answer oh, no, the question? I mean, my second question, following up that, is like, yeah. when did you start wanting to be a winner? 
like a a winner. Yeah, yeah. like or growing up with you know a family of eight. Yeah. Um, when did the competitive drive start happening? Yeah, it's an interesting question. Um, or is I, everyone born with it, or is it? Yeah, you yeah. know, uh, if I go back as far as I can have memory, um, you know, I think some. I had a lot of losses early on. So mm-hmm. you know part of my story that uh, uh, dad died when I was six, mm-hmm. almost, you know, almost died in my arms. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> I was told as a six-year-old that I was to now take care of the family and help, help mom take care of mom. And when you're six and get told that, that can do things to your brain. Mm-hmm. Right? So I think some things were circumstantial that planted things in me that maybe, were, maybe a six-year-old wasn't supposed to hear or supposed to take on. Yeah. Um, and there were some things that, so that you talk about pros and cons, the cons against somebody telling me that you're the, you're the leader of the house, not six years old is now I'm telling my younger brothers, you know, to get your homework done. <laughs> you can imagine how that went over, uh, or it's time to get home, that sort of thing. So I spent years later trying to reestablish relationship with my brothers who thought I was their new dad. Mm-hmm. Um, so I took on some early responsibility that had some, one could say, some dysfunction, right? Yeah. So I had to work that out. But it was also brewing some confidence um, at the same time. And part of me felt alone in the world when Dad died. Because mm-hmm. uh, I'm the oldest, I'm supposed to how does a six-year-old deal with this? And so I started just doing things for survival. And I don't know what happened with my brain, but... With mom saying you can do whatever you want, and, and I'm all alone, and I'm in survival mode, I was like, okay, bring it on. What, yeah. what do you got? And so I just started plying that. I found myself reading the world, you know, the Guinness Book of World Records and going, okay, which one am I going to break, right? And so we picked <laughs> one, and we didn't just break it once. We broke it twice. Um, and so there was just never anything out there that we didn't believe we couldn't do. Hmm. And it just became a mindset. Well, my second question, I mean, you see so many people nowadays where something bad happens to them. Yeah. And they fall to it and they take it. Yeah. What, what is your mindset or what does your mind go to when something bad happens to you? Hmm. Yeah, when something bad happens. Um, goes a couple places. Um, the, the natural reaction is, and it depends what the bad thing is, you know, if somebody were to steal something from you, bad sort of thing, mm-hmm. or, you know, hurt you, that sort of thing. Um, there's an immediate kind of protection, like you've, in, you've entered my space. Yeah. If it's a, you know, a financial loss or, a, you know, one of these sorts of things. Um, I think there's kind of a gut check first, a human reaction of, man, that's a bummer. Or, <laughs> you know, I, and you can slip to poor me, but I think where, where I've gone in recent years is after that initial reaction, um, and, and Christy's taught me this as well, too, and part of this was mom, too. Well, uh, there were some struggles there, but um, learning to forgive somebody, knowing that things outside your control, that things that happen to you, boy, I tell you what, the stress that it would take to control all the bad things that happened, you're busy enough handling the things that are going well in your life. Yeah. To take on the responsibility of all the things that are happening bad to you, of other people, that's their deal. Uh-huh. You just gotta, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta forgive them, you gotta pray for them, and you gotta move on. Mm-hmm. And we made a decision, even with our company, not to really. Um, and we've had thousands of people not pay their bill over mm-hmm. the years, uh, not thousands, but there's been chunks, right? And you're like, 
hey, you know, we, we, we did a good job. We'd like to have our, have our pay. And uh, we can't control how the world sees everything. And so we don't chase. We made a decision that spend good energy chasing good clients and not go backwards and chase the one that's, you know, we've accepted it. Yeah. That there's things that are outside of our control and to spend more time on the things within our control. So consistently from uh, the age of whenever one all the way up to how old are you now? 64. That's amazing. 64. What is like the one consistent thing that you've done day in and day out that's made you a winner over the last 64 years? Uh, The one thing would be waking up at either 5 a.m. Well, 4 a.m., 5 a.m., but no later than 6. Why is that important? Because leaders have to get up before those that they lead. You have to have enough time to make good plans for those you're choosing to lead. If you're not awake early enough, can you imagine what would happen if, if you know, take an army, the captain is late, and the <laughs> troops are going, where are we going? Where is the captain? <laughs> right? So if, if you want to lead... If you want to lead anything, and I don't care if it's the school project, if you want to lead it, you need to be up early and you want to be to the meeting early. So I believe in 10 minutes early or than anybody you're leading. Mm -hmm. So I like to ask that of those that I lead also. If they're leading somebody, they're 10 minutes in front of that person. So you have time to check what you have intended to have ready for them. Mm -hmm. They respect it as well because they go... Gee, you spent some time, you, you, you value me, because when I got here, uh, you've now shown me that you put all these things in order. Mm-hmm. And um, so that's the, that would be the most consistent thing. And, uh, the other, and the reason early is good is because the rest of the world is asleep. Mm-hmm. And you're awake making plans. And when they wake up, you've already made plans. And even today, I had, a, I had an assignment in Enumclaw. I was on the road, road at 5.30. I got to my, I was done with job site number one. I think it was 8.10. And I was already coming back against traffic. And so there, was still, there were people still brushing their teeth. There were some people still asleep at that time. So anyway, getting up early, sorry for the long answer. No. Uh, is, uh, is, uh, and, and, and on that note, uh, don't stay up to midnight. Mm-hmm. Don't stay up to 11. Roger Federer, best tennis player in the entire world. You know what he attributes it to? Attributes it to sleep. Mm-hmm. Your body needs rest. You need Sunday. You need you need weekly rest. You need daily rest. You need these. If you're going to perform at a high level, you have to have a high level of sleep. Mm-hmm. I'm in bed at between eight, when it's eight thirty. When it's eight o'clock, I'm I'm checking my watch because I'm getting up. To, if you get up at four, mm-hmm. you need your eight hours. Mm-hmm. So you got to be in bed by eight. But if I'm at four, I've got two hours before the world's up making plans for our business, for anybody I'm leading. Cool. Yeah. Okay, cool. Preparation. Okay, cool. Um, And then you started your business at 12? 11. 11? Okay. That's when I started the painting business. I was selling things as far back as probably six or seven. Okay. Yeah. So where'd the creative edge come, the selling edge and the entrepreneurial uh, vision come from at a young age? Came from family. Uh-huh. Yeah, so I mean, you, you know, if you're lucky enough to have a couple sets of grandparents that are alive and whatnot, you know, um, um, on my on mom's side, uh, they were salesmen. 
Mm-hmm. You know, mom had to survive, she had to sell things. So all I saw growing up was mom sell. When dad died, uh, all she could do, knew how to do was paint artwork, but she had to sell the artwork. So I walked, listened to her on the phone from six years old, talking to people on how to sell stuff, how to present stuff, mm. how, to, how, to, how to present stuff, uh-huh. right? And so it became ingrained. And so half my day, even to this day, is how do we increase presentation? Mm-hmm. How do we convey what we're selling in such a way that the person, if they're going to say no, they're going to cry because they really want to say yes. They might have to say yes to somebody else, but they really want what you're selling. Mm-hmm. So we've worked for years. Uh, we just stay, we keep the creative juices alive. Um, we never say we've arrived. Mm-hmm. We always say we can do it better. If, if let's say you're 20 years old again, would you start out in sales or what would you start out in? Mm, if I was 20 years ago, uh, if, I, if I was 20 years, yeah, if I was 20 years old today, yeah, and I woke up at four o'clock, what would I do? Uh-huh. I'd get on the tennis court <laughs> uh, and I'd practice. And uh, so I'm 20, huh? Oh, yeah, you're 20. Yeah, I'd make a run for the for the for the Grand Slam okay. tournament. Yeah, I'd make <laughs> a run, yeah. and I'd Very win. Cool. Very cool. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, and now you've been in business. I would for... seek a coach though first. Okay. Yeah, you have to find the coach. This isn't just about learning and hard work. This is about finding the best instruction out there. Do you think, I think that's what I've learned today? That there is so much good instruction out there. Go find it. Do you think everyone needs a mentor? Yes, multiple mentors. Yeah. Yeah. And in every... all in all arenas, huh. from a dad, mom, spiritual leader, pastor. Uh, best friends, people that hold you accountable. Mm-hmm. Uh, we tend to want, to, as humans, we want to wander. We're selfish creatures. Mm-hmm. Uh, God made us with, you know, needs. You know, if you wake up, if you don't have clothes on, you're cold. If you don't eat, you're hungry. Um, you got needs, right? And if you overindulge in any of these areas, you can get off track. Mm-hmm. You need people to hold you accountable. Yeah. Very good. Okay. Yeah. And then when? So, um, when did your business really start taking off? Like. Eleven, you started. You started with your brothers. Yeah. And at what point did it start become an actual business? Yeah, these are great questions. And um, if I looked at it, it was always taking off. Mm-hmm. Like it took off the day we went out walking and knocking on doors. I mean, this business started by knocking on doors. Mm-hmm. That's how it started. We knocked on maybe a hundred doors until one man said yes. And when he said yes, it took off. And then, and then after he said yes, although the first house, uh, and although we didn't paint the house very well, as I said earlier, we learned a lot about how not to paint a house. Mm-hmm. So next summer, we painted three houses. We learned more. And although we didn't paint those houses quite well yet, it was taking off. And so the vision was happening. And then, and then uh, but, it, but it had a goal. And, and I think where you're going with where did the business, because you know what size it is today, like when did it take like another burst? So it had, had these like, and then, and then, and I would say what I've learned in the last two years through um, our Maui Mastermind teaching is that it's, um, it's limitless. <laughs> yeah, 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 it's limitless. Because now it's the, it's the power of, uh, multiplication and systems and um, slowing down the busyness mm-hmm. and focusing on what is the essence. And what I've told people today now is that we don't paint houses. 
we provide great experiences. We just happen yeah. to paint houses while we're doing that. Okay. And because customers get your house painted anywhere you want. Mm -hmm. But what they really want is a great experience. And what is a, what's the definition of a great experience? It's not getting paint uh, overspray on their car during yeah. the paint job. It's not dropping paint on the patio. Huh. It's not showing up late. Yeah. Uh, or working too late over the weekend. Those sorts of things. Okay. So the takeoff periods have come in these. Um, huh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I feel like today, in today's world, there's so many different distractions mm -hmm. with uh, social media, everything else. Yeah. Uh, I think it was Warren Buffett said that uh, if you can focus and delete all your distractions and just focus on one thing, um, you'll beat everyone else out. Uh, how important has focus been for you, like in your business and life? And do you have distractions that keep you away from it? Yeah, great question. Um, focus. Focus. Yeah, so back to that morning earlier, that early rise lets me focus on the day. And in that focus time lets me pick the, the uh, focus intensities for the day. Uh -huh. And then as you, as you know, I use a yellow pad. And so I write out, I write out my day plan every day. Mm -hmm. on the yellow pad and I have 50 yellow pads I keep two or three with me at all times but the brain what the brain does when you write it down this is where the digital world has um, has been challenging for folks to go from paper and pen to digital what the brain does when you write something is it puts it into memory mm -hmm. and um, my ability to remember everything I'm going to do in a day the time I'm going to do it, it creates little uh, sensors. So if I've got eight places to be and I write it out and I write my time slots, that helps me focus. We're mm -hmm. talking about focus, right? I write them down. I, I allot a certain amount of time for each visit. And I go to visit one, including the drive. So if you get up early, the drive is predictable. If you get up late, your drive is not predictable. Now, other people determine whether you're going to be on time or not. Mm -hmm. okay? It's outside your control. You go to bed at 8 o'clock, you get up at 4, you're in control of your time management. Mm -hmm. you, get, you go to bed at midnight, you get up at 9, you're out of control of time management. You're at the whims of 405, I-5, and every traffic, and you'll get to 50% of what's on your yellow list. Matter of fact, you won't have time to write down your yellow list because you'll be, you'll be up late. Um, you won't be able to find your yellow pad because you'll be late. You'll be out the door and you'll get half done of what you're intended to do. So when the focus comes early, you go to your focus pad, you write it down, and then you, the sensors, because you wrote it down, the brain remembers it. So when I'm talking to somebody, mm -hmm. and let's say they're appointment number two, I've got kind of, the, the brain has this little built-in timer where somebody starts asking me a question and they're going along, like I'm going along with you, but <laughs> you might have to be someplace right now. Um, but uh, I, have, um, I have a sensor that goes off that basically says, Hey, this has been great. Thank you. Uh -huh. You know, this was wonderful. We're going to finish up now and uh, give me a call if there's anything else we can do for you. I've got another appointment here in about an hour that I've got to get, get on the road for. And just keeps the ticker moving. I get in the car, check, boom, send, friend, you know, use a little digital help. And um, if I'm not without my yellow, if I don't get up early, mm -hmm. if I don't write it down the night before, double check it in the morning, check my weather because things are related to weather and traffic. Then I run the risk of only getting 70% of the 100% things on the list done. Mm -hmm. And then goal number two is extra focus time to work on innovation. Because mm -hmm. 
Those are just the to-do things. The next list is how do you make what you do better? Mm -hmm. How much time do you dedicate towards that innovation-wise? Yeah, um, more and more, not enough, because that's my favorite place to live is an innovation. Mm -hmm. Favorite place. Designing, developing um, new things, new ideas, new businesses, faster ways to do things. Um, that's where my brain just goes fireworks, mm -hmm. and I love to live in that space. Cool. And so, yeah, okay. uh, more and more. I probably get, to answer your question, you know, it, it comes, it's, it happens while driving. Uh, sometimes it happens early in the morning before, you know, the, the world's up and I have time to, to dream a little bit. Um, yeah. But I, I probably get active innovation time. It's the brain is ticking, you know, constantly, but maybe it's a collection of three, four, five hours worth. Okay. Yeah. So you're, uh, you've built a multi-million dollar business. Let's say you have an entrepreneur in front of you who wants to create that. What are the five key things that you think you have applied to creating that? If you were to give five. Sure. So five, five things. Um, to an entrepreneur that wants to create a multi-million multi dollar business. Yeah. Okay. I think... Um, one attribute we talked a little bit about it is you have to be a student mentality. You have to, you have to just ask, ask more questions than you can ever imagine, uh -huh. and keep a journal of all the answers that are related to starting and growing a business. Uh -huh. Okay, so question: You be a student. Um, you have to be uh, willing to take risks, but I'll say it this way: You have to be willing to take what are called measured measured risks. Okay. Um, and, I, and I'm going to say it this way. Don't let perfect get in the way of good. Mm -hmm. okay. Don't let perfect get in the way of good. Um, if, if you do, you're, you're, you know, go work for somebody. Okay. Um, if you're willing to put some, you know, you, you, you wrote a design, you know, the Wright brothers, their, their first plane didn't fly. Mm -hmm. Crashed. Wilbur spent a lot of time in the hospital. Okay. Yeah. Um, had, he, had he waited, you know, we would have to, you know, we'd have to drive to New York City every time we went. We can fly now because yeah. Wilbur risked crashing. He said, this plane's good enough. Let's give it a run, Orville. <laughs> and, uh, and they took it up there and they crashed it. Um, so that's number two. You'd be willing to do measured risks. Right? He didn't die, right? They didn't jump off a thousand-foot cliff. They said, hey, let's start it 10, 20 feet. <laughs> see if she flies. Okay. <laughs> so measured risks are good. Um, <clears throat> number three... Um, be willing to say, uh, give yourself a, 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 a realistic timeline of this no-quit attitude. Yeah. Okay, now from what you learned, so we said learn, mm -hmm. okay? Uh, we said measure risks, and then we're going to say implement it now and go do it, but do it with a, a mindset of we're not, we're not quitting. We're not going to put, see, entrepreneur endurance, entrepreneur endurance. You're going to endure things, and you're going to have endurance while you're enduring. Mm -hmm. Hardships are going to come your way. I'm telling a, a, a young person that wants to this is going to be difficult. I was at a job site yesterday. I looked at a gentleman at a job site. He was um, doing some wiring. I said, are you the owner of the business? He said, I'm not the owner. I don't want that job. <laughs> I want to go home at night. I want to go home, and when I'm home, I want to be home. Mm -hmm. I, said, I get it. No problem. Just, right? So, and I understand that. But, but, but if you want to lead something, if you want to grow something, 
Um, I chose, now I'd like to go home and be home, and I've learned to go home and be home. Mm -hmm. okay, we'll talk about that later. But in terms of the five things, we're on number four now. Mm -hmm. If you're going to, if you're going to, um, if you're going to, if you're going to embark on this, then you be prepared for hardship of every kind imaginable, and that and that is working with people that are learning how to work that you're leading, mm -hmm. um, working how to help people solve all sorts of managerial skills, you know. Um, and, and there's a lot of them. Mm -hmm. And you have to be the sounding board, the coach, the inspirational leader, the person that says, you know what, uh, I don't have enough money for payroll. I'm going to go to my bank account, and I'm going to pull money out of my bank account to mm -hmm. make payroll. You're mm -hmm. going to fund it. You're going to be the guy that works on the weekend when the employees don't show up. Mm -hmm. you, you have to be ready to endure that. If you're prepared to be the lead dog to take care of all the things when things go... You know, don't go the way you plan them immediately, mm -hmm. right? Um, then, you know, go get a job. But if you want to take that on and do it in a spirit of helpfulness and encouragement and all those, then take it on. Because then when you go home, you actually can turn it off because you've done a good job at work. Now, you don't turn off innovation. Mm -hmm. See, I said that's my favorite place to live. Yeah. I, if, I, if I'm watching something, if I'm watching a sports show and I hear something, I hear something behind the lines that I go, I could use this. See, for me, that's just candy. Mm -hmm. That's just, I don't call that work. If somebody calls me off work or whatnot, and he's, he's a future learner and he's, and he's a leader, um, I don't call that work. Mm -hmm. I call that, that's an opportunity to train another guy. Yeah. I mean, what are you going to do with your time, right? I mean, you're, you're, you're coming home and just turning the lights off. and You know what happens if you shut down? You know, motion's like lotion. Keep it moving. If you, if you shut her down. We met a lady um, the other day. She was almost 80. Okay. Still renting apartments. Didn't need to. Uh -huh. Didn't need to. Her son came up to her and said, Mom, why don't you take a break? Why don't you just, why don't you just chill? You know, you're, you're, you're calling the plumber and the electrician and you're fixing all the units and you're renting the units and she's got lots of units. Mm -hmm. She doesn't need it to do this. She's almost 80. She looked at her son, you know, who's probably in his 40s, almost 50 now, and said, said if I stop doing all this, you know, you know where all my friends are right now? They're dead. Mm -hmm. They died. Yeah, they slowed down, went sedentary, went home, ate food, watched TV, and died. And, you know, that's... Uh, um, you know, you get it. You, our bodies are designed to move. They aren't designed to sit and be still. Yeah. You know. Um, did I get to number five? I don't think I did. I don't think so, no. Do we want a fifth one? You can do a fifth one if you got it. Entrepreneur, teacher. I think we got the kind of the key ones. Be willing to be the, be the fall guy. I guess I, on the fall guy topic, I guess I'd be willing to say this. Be willing to... Ask for forgiveness even to those you lead. Mm -hmm. um, this is kind of a, a place where don't get arrogant. Mm -hmm. Don't get to a spot where pride, this is a dangerous spot for lead, leadership, is that you can get to a spot where you don't want to say the I word. Mm -hmm. Oh, I built it. Don't want to say that. You were blessed with a team that you got the lead that helped you build it. Mm -hmm. Now, you may have... You may have applied endurance. Uh, you may have stayed the course. Um, 
But you aren't all those people. Yeah. You can't do that without all those people. Yeah. They chose, they chose to take a job and going home at, at, at night and turning it off. All the power to them. What is the best, like, <clears throat> I guess for like a leader, you've, you've been leading for the last 60 years of your life, but what are the key traits to becoming a good leader? One is, it's kind of a balance. One is being willing to let people say things behind your back that, uh, let me say it this way. Um, there are some that crave or want everybody to be your friend. Mm -hmm. and, and it's good to have friends. But I would rather have somebody, I'd rather tell somebody the truth and have them become stronger because of the truth than to have them like me and give them a white lie, tell them something that they're not that that isn't going to be beneficial to their learning. Mm -hmm. And so a leader has to be um, in a polite, professional, etiquette way, instructional and encouraging, encouraging, mm -hmm. uplifting, and truthful. Mm -hmm. And um, that's hard to do in today's society where we've got a lot of gray lines between, oh, they don't like me. Oh, the way you said that, I don't think you like me. Mm -hmm. right? And all of a sudden now we got, we got all this friction because somebody thinks somebody, you know, he's looking at me. Well, you looked at me first. Yeah, but you looked at me this way and I think you're thinking something. Yeah. And I'm going to tell on you. Yeah. You know, those sorts of things. Right? Yeah. And a leader has to be able to just... Uh, the Maui mask plan calls it, sometimes we just have to have adult conversations. You ready? Mm -hmm. You ready? Yeah. You're late. Uh -huh. How come you're late? No reason. I mean, there's no, there's no exception to that. Yeah. Well, yeah. well I mean, it's okay to, to ask somebody, hey, yeah. why are you late? And then let's say they told you, hey, could you not be late tomorrow? Could, could you get up a little earlier? Would that work out? Mm -hmm. or, or say, oh, he's late. She's late. Ooh, I better not say that, though. They might not like me. Mm -hmm. Now I have to live with them coming in late forever because mm -hmm. I wasn't willing to say because I was risking. You, you tracking with me? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Can you be on time tomorrow? Oh, yeah. Great. Yeah. Uh, was there a reason that you were late today, though? Was it traffic? Was it uh, you, were you up late? Um, too much ice cream? What, what, uh, anything particular? No. Nothing? Just poor planning. Okay. Yeah. So I'll see, I'll see you 10 minutes early tomorrow? Oh, yeah. Awesome. Great. Cool. Okay. Um, okay. And as far as like, you're you're in the, are you? Would you say you're in the later stages of your business now, or do you plan on selling it in the future? Great question. You know, there was there was uh, there was a uh, you know the the story kind of goes like this. When I started the well, when you're 11, mm -hmm. you're just you're just trying to buy a bicycle. Yeah. There's no business, right? There's a can of paint, there's a brush, and there's a bike you want. Uh -huh. um, when you're 12 and 13, you're going, hmm, there's a car I want. You know, when you're 15 and 16, there's, I'm trying to pay for college. Uh -huh. okay. um, when you're in college, you're going, I'm tired of painting. I've got paint all over me, I've got people calling me, I'm trying to go places, painting's in your, it's in your way. Um, you get married, and you're having kids, and you're a school teacher, and you're making more money in two months than you make all your teaching. And you go, what gives? 
oh, I might grow the painting business. So then you grow it. Now you're working mass hours and you've hired a lot of people. And now you're trapped inside this, this, this thing called a business. Like you can't get out now. Mm -hmm. There's people calling and you're trapped. And then you're going, I'm, I'm still got to get out. I got to get out of this. You're covered with pain. Right? You're on cold ladders in the winter and it's, and it's a tough road. And then one day you wake up and you look around and you go, there's a lot of people working with you. Oh, and they're doing great things here and great things here. What if we learned a little more on how to like even work to better? Oh, there's marketing and this and that. And then years, and I'm going to answer the question. And then years later, uh, your son, who, you, who it took, took me seven years to woo him to come over. Now, uh -huh. my son's worked alongside for years, but as jobs. But now, um, uh, our oldest, um, I tried to woo him over because um, I knew that he had things Leaders hire people that can do things better than them. Mm -hmm. Surround yourself with people that do things better. Our oldest can do things better than we can. Mm -hmm. The digital world, clear thinking, all sorts of great things. And so sell the business, grow the business, stay in the business to answer that question. With family coming aboard, right now, We've made a decision. There's no um, desire to sell it. Mm -hmm. um, this is a blessing to pass it on to family. Uh, but the family that is growing with it right now is um, crazy smart. That's awesome. Over the top. So we're going to grow it to a level that you could sell it, mm -hmm. but we don't need to. So why would you? We're going to let it pay. We're going to let it provide jobs. We get more, back to purpose, right? Uh -huh. Let's come full circle, opening question. Why are we here? What purpose are we here? We weren't here to just self-indulge and eat food all day long and have time off. Um, God gave us uh, all sorts of opportunity to, to, to not just serve him, but serve others. Uh -huh. Two greatest commandments. So to be able to give jobs to other people, um, that's huge. Yeah. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. Huh. That's a lot of fun. What's the goal to grow it to? Uh... Just like at age 11 and, and when you asked me when were the, so the goal now is not, it's really just to keep the jets on, uh -huh. see where it goes. If you were going to ask me where, to, where I think it'll get in the next five years, um, I would say that it could potentially, um, um, I hate to throw out giant numbers, but um, it's going to go big. Cool. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're, when, when, I, when I mean by that, what's the number? What I mean by that, let me say it this way. You know, we took on some jobs in Texas a while back, some hotels. We took some jobs in, in Oregon, in Chicago, and we dibbled and dabbled with some, some of that. Um, but um, Cooper, our oldest, has got us streamlining licenses now in other states. You know, we're, we're putting the, uh, the horse in front of the cart versus the other one. And he's organizing things really well. And he's creating systems right now that are duplicatable. So once the final duplication model is built, it can grow as fast as um, uh, people find value in taking on uh, new hubs in other cities and other states. And in my mind, we're this next 12 months, we'll have the final touches on that. And we already have a location that's kind of semi-brewing in Chelan. We've got kind of like a little satellite place that we're getting ready to brew in Redmond, Redmond Row. And um, I would say within two to five years where the Puget Sound is like 
reachable everywhere, and okay. we're in we're in three states. In five years, we're in every city in three states. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Okay. Yeah. And then, as far as um, I feel like a lot of nowadays kids or people growing up, they let a lot of their beliefs or fears or limits uh, stop them from achieving what you've achieved. What would uh, what, what would your advice be on that? Like as far as like limiting beliefs or fears? Hmm. Yeah, fears. Well, for I think what I would, if, if somebody had a fear, I'd say write your fear down. Let's mm -hmm. look at it. Let's look at the verb of the fear. Let's say the verb says, um, and when you say limiting, are you saying people are, they're fearful of venturing out and spending time or money on a venture? Yeah, I mean, it could be fear of, oh, this might happen, this might happen. Or they actually just have a limiting belief from their past where it's like, no, I can't do that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, everybody's a little different. Um, you know, um, I've got a family member that I asked this family member to to do push-ups with me once. And mm -hmm. this family member said, can't do a push-up. Not going to do a push-up, can't do push-ups. I said, do one. Can't do a do one. Mm -hmm. This person did one. Okay. That person to this day can do 25. Every morning can do 40. Okay. Um, and um, so I guess what I would say to anybody, that's just a little physical piece, right? Somebody, some, sometimes people say that about running. Can't run, can't swim, can't ski. You know, um, hey, let's just do one step. Mm -hmm. I, I would say the first step is the hardest because it's new. Haven't yeah. done it. Hey, let's just try it. Um, and um, what it does is it opens a door to other things. Mm -hmm. That could be first steps. Assuming you're getting good instruction. I don't say you know dive off a diving board at. 30 feet until you've tried two feet, right? Learning to dive is scary for kids at first, right? To throw your hands out there and, right? and, and, and whatnot. Um, so, you know, stretching yourself um, yeah. to do new things is, uh, you need an encourager in your life. Yeah. If you, would... if you haven't had one. And some people come from a place where they haven't had one. So... If, if somebody comes to you, then you either need to be that person or match them up to an encourager, somebody that's going to coach them to do something that they haven't done before. Hmm. Yeah, very cool. Okay. And then let's say um, you're back 20 years old, 20 in between 25. Again, what have you done in the last, like, 60 years, let's say, that you would say, hey, watch out for this, don't do this, mm. or this? What, what are your don't do's? Oh, yeah, don't do's. Yeah, yeah, get some don't do's. Uh, let's see, first don't do, well, I said it earlier, and it comes from pride, arrogance, and overconfidence. So don't, first of all, don't let those take over your thinking. Mm -hmm. um, those are big. Okay. Those are big. Um, okay. Um, don't trust... Um, if you want to trust somebody that you don't know, get other opinions. Okay. When you're young, uh -huh. don't just, don't, don't um, being, let me say it this way. There are folks that are very good at being accommodating. Mm -hmm. Accommodating is a great, it's a great attribute, an accommodating person. Uh -huh. But accommodating people get taken advantage of all the time by people that are over askers. 
If you know that you're an accommodator, be measured. Um, um, have to work on your street smarts to find out if the intentions of those that are asking you to do things are maybe overuse. Mm -hmm. So there's some, there's some street smart. I guess what I'm saying is you asked what should you not do. I'm trying to say don't be, there's another word called gullible. Mm -hmm. uh, just saying yes to everything, believing too much, study it. <laughs> study it. So there's, a, there's an antithesis to the what not to do, there's something to replace it with what to do. Mm -hmm. So what not to do is don't believe everybody's first thing. You know, make sure people earn your trust. And if they do, then trust them, mm -hmm. right? Trust them and come alongside them, work with them. Um, but um, what not to do is just to say, you know, to believe, to believe anything. Mm -hmm. The other thing to not to do is to maybe say, I can do everything. Now, that's a, that's a see, you ask me, see, I've said yes to just about, just about anything that's gotten me into some interesting places. <laughs> so I, I, yes, and then figure it out later. Hey, do you guys do the... Oh, yeah, we did that. <laughs> and you walk away going, oh, we got to figure that out now. We got to figure that out. And so part of that came from the survivalist in me where we didn't have much. Mm -hmm. It's like, you paint? Oh, yeah, I can sign. You paint? Oh, yeah, I can paint that. And then there. And so now, if you're willing to go figure it out, that's one thing. But, but you, uh, you better back it up with uh, the research and go figure it out. So I don't recommend doing a lot of that because that, that, uh, that presented some challenging uh, scenarios. <laughs> yeah. What would you say is your most challenging scenario where you said yes and had to fulfill it? Most of them I actually enjoy kind of the pain involved and the learning that comes from the pain. So I've got to pick one that's like absolutely. Because as I said earlier, we learned so much from the, oh, that could have gone better, mm -hmm. right? So I actually kind of, I know that when I'm saying yes to things I'm not prepared for, I'm spending money on what I call business tuition. I can go to school if I want, mm -hmm. go learn from a book, or I can just go say yes to things and, and just pay for it. Uh -huh. Costs money. You're going to pay for it. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, if you pay for it through your nose, guess what? You're, it's going to stick. Mm -hmm. Right? So I guess the story is, you know, I mean, I mean you know, there, there's only one job that's coming to mind right off the bat where I said yes way too early. Um, and uh, I said <coughs> yes to this guy. Yeah, go for it. The castle. Yeah. The castle? The one, the Victoria. Victoria. Oh, the 60-foot ladder? Yeah. That one? Well, we survived it. Yeah, I mean, you know, that's a good one, too. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, there was a, there was a castle. The guys, can you paint my castle? I looked at the castle. Oh, yeah, we can paint the castle. <laughs> and... And uh, then you get on the phone and you just start calling rental companies and say, do you have a 60-foot ladder? Do you have a 60-foot ladder? Finally, we find one. Now, now we got to lug this thing up the hill. Now we got to climb the thing, right? And so, um, you know, nobody died. It worked out. But it was dangerous. Uh -huh. And it's, it's uh, um, um, there's some risk, right? And probably not the smartest thing to do. <laughs> um, we said yes to a seven-story building in downtown Seattle. We've never painted a seven-stripe building. Oh, yeah, we can paint a seven-stripe building. <laughs> and so we had to, uh, and then we had to do this, right? And um, we had to take a lift. Um, it's a, uh, like a transformer lift. 
sort of thing, and we had to compact it and get it into a parking garage in downtown Seattle and go up the parking garage with the lift. <laughs> and we had to get on the, on the top of the parking garage, set the lift up, and then reach over from a building to a building in downtown Seattle to paint the upper part of this building. Mm -hmm. And I had to put a man in that. <laughs> and you want to talk about fear. He was in a lift on a building, reaching across an alley to a building to paint, to paint a building. Had he not done that, we wouldn't have painted that building. <laughs> okay. Cool. And then we had another part of the building that we couldn't reach because it was just straight down to the city streets. Huh. So we're on top of our building, and I look across to a building, and who do I see? I see a window washer who's doing a Jerry Lewis off the side with a rope washing windows. So I called over to the guy, and he comes over, gets in our elevator, comes up, and he says, I'll paint that hard-to-get wall for you. So he brings over his weights, he puts them on the, on the top of the building, it's a counterweight, it's called the Bolson chair, mm -hmm. and he does a Jerry Lewis over the side, and he paints this thing for us. Really? Yeah. Did it come out good? It came out great. Really? Yeah. Good, okay. okay. So, I don't recommend it, because, uh -huh. um, uh, you know, there were some risks there. Uh -huh. There were some risks there. Yeah. So, uh, measured risk, measured risk. But that's where that innovation comes later. You say, yes, go figure it out. I like that space, mm -hmm. but I don't recommend that space to a lot of people because it causes it can cause certain people a lot of stress, mm -hmm. right? When you say yes to things you can't, you don't know how to do. So with you doing all these things, how do you deal with the stress of it? Or let's say there's no stress in that because yeah. it's too much fun. <laughs> yeah. You know, some people like roller coasters. Uh -huh. I don't. I don't like getting in a machine that's going, <laughs> and and because I my brain, you know, what my brain says that the guy. <laughs> did, he, did he put it on the track properly? And I can't enjoy the ride because I don't know if the guy built the car properly. Yeah. But if I'm building the car, uh -huh. if I'm creating the, the ride or whatnot, then I'm okay with that. Okay. The one last piece of advice, let's say, for anyone who's young starting out in the entrepreneurial world, yeah. what would you give one piece of advice starting out? Start tomorrow. Get up early. Get, don't forget your yellow pad, write out all your ideas, and uh, read lots of books on your, um, on your topic. Cool. And give it, give it a solid year. Give okay. it a solid year. And if anything gets off the rails, um, um, don't give up. Try something new. Okay. Stay in the hunt. Cool. Yeah. Okay. I appreciate your time. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Okay, yeah. awesome. Well, that's here. it. Cool. Yeah. Yeah.